Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1026. We wake up in the morning and sometimes I can't wait to get to work quick enough because what we do is so exciting. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Michael Bream. Hey, Michael, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yes, I am, Mark. Thanks. Uh, How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, doing great. And I'll let our listeners know I'm calling into San Marcos, which is uh, just North County, San Diego, where I grew up in San Diego. So fun to kind of be back in San Diego County. In the sunshine, as I'm up here in the northwest where it's raining today, so uh, that's just part of, part of life up here where all the trees grow big. Well, you're here with us in spirit, so... <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and I'll be down there in a few months, and I'll get to stop by your shop and, uh, and partake in some of your cool cars, but let me tell our listeners a little bit about you before we get going. Michael Bream is the owner of EV West in San Marcos, California. He and his team provide a wide variety of components for electric vehicle conversions, and the support you'll need to make them perform. They also provide ready-to-go kits to convert your special vehicle into an electric-powered car for VW and Porsche marks, along with specialty EV race projects. The shop focuses on retaining all the classic elements of the vehicle, but giving them a brand new heart to keep up with modern vehicles. This is so cool. I love everything about what you're doing. So I've told our listeners just a little bit about you, Michael. Take a brief moment, share a little more about your business and a very obvious passion for electrified automobiles. Hey, thanks, Mark. You know, I think uh, probably like most of your guests, my love for automobiles started with my father. You know, back in the day, he was a mechanical engineer and he grew up in uh, West Hollywood and got into the hot rod scene up there and In my upbringing, you know, I spent a lot of time on the floor of the garage just sitting there watching my dad work on cars and just fell in love with them. So, you know, I was one of the guys that went out and got my license the day I turned 16 and and just haven't looked back. I've been playing with cars in one form or another ever since. I've been in uh, manufacturing for years and years and as a hobby was actually racing cars on the side. Your listeners probably know of uh, 24 Hours of Lemons and Chump Car. Oh, yeah. uh, (laughs) Actually got into racing through those. I had a friend call me up one day and said, hey, you want to build an E30 race car? And I, I couldn't get over to his shop quick enough. And that was about 10 years ago, I think. And uh, did that for a couple years, had some success. Something a little more challenging, a little more cerebral than dressing up in a costume and doing hot laps, you know. <laughs> and we, uh, me and a, a buddy decided we were going to try and race Pikes Peak, the second oldest race in America. Um, and at the time, Tesla was getting some press for the Roadster. They hadn't even shipped a Model S at this point. A lot of people were very skeptical about the company and stuff. And right. we just decided to try to see what we could do with the technology and built up a car. It hit about uh, a thousand horsepower. We raced Pikes Peak. We set a record for the street legal electric class and beat all the classic cars up the hill. You know, all the cars that I loved growing up, all the Mustangs and 911s and Cudas and stuff. And that was it. That was the pivotal moment at the top. We were just blown away with the performance of the car and just decided this is a performance issue. We're we're not in this uh, to try and save the world or the environment. We are here to save cars. 
and uh, <laughs> I love it. Uh, right, there's a, there's an attack going on on cars, and yeah. Um, yeah. the nice little thing is, is in our back pocket right now, we have uh, sustainable, renewable, emission-free ways of making cars actually perform better than the combustion counterparts, and yeah. um, and and so we feel it's our responsibility to kind of be involved in that and help people from unnecessarily cutting up their cars or doing things, modifying them in a way that just doesn't retain the value of the car. Yeah, absolutely. This is also cool. And I remind our listeners, I had Jay Lamb who started the 24 Hours of Lemons. You mentioned that. He was a guest on the show. I've had Speedy Cop on the show and all this stuff. But I I love the whole concept here, the fact that you're saving cars. And I would imagine the torque that electric cars provide to get up that hill at Pikes Peak. I've had a lot of racers on the show who've raced that. Jeff Zwart comes to mind. He's getting ready to run that again this year. So I love everything about what we're talking about. And as we continue to share your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. It's a nice way to get the, uh, let's say, I usually say the inspirational tires turning, but the electric waves flowing here on cars. Yeah. So, (laughs) Michael, take the wheel. Well, you know, I'm going to apologize up front because my mantra is probably a little cliche, but it's if you do something you enjoy, you'll never work a day in your life. Oh, yeah. uh, Henry Ford. Literally, you know, what it is, we wake up in the morning and sometimes I can't wait to get to work quick enough because what we do is so exciting. And as I'm sitting here, I'm looking out the window, I have a customer waving at me. He's bringing his brand new motorcycle that he just got running in here, you know. And so we literally have, you come to work and every day it's something new and exciting. We don't really know what it's going to be, but we can be assured that it's going to be something we haven't seen before. And in the world of automotive, that's literally all we strive for. Just show me something new. Show me something exciting. Uh, you know, this is so cool. And I'll let our listeners know, Michael and I had a great talk this morning before the show, and he was talking about the great-grandson or grandson of Ferdinand Porsche, or was the great-grandson? Uh-huh. Great-grandson. Yeah. Great-grandson coming yeah. into your shop. I mean, yeah. how cool is that? <laughs> Well, yeah, that's that's probably uh, our pinnacle so far, you know, getting acceptance from them. And and, uh, Dr. Ferdinand Porsche's first car was electric. Most people don't really understand that. I think most of these early automotive engineers, uh, they weren't really set in their ways. They were just kind of exploring and doing whatever they could. And so it's nice to see that open-mindedness kind of return now. You know, you see all sorts of, even with the diesel, the E85 stuff, um, all the hybrid drive lines and, you know, electric. And now we're talking about hydrogen fuel cells and had an interview years ago and I had a famous quote, something to the effect of the, if the car ran on uh, dog crap, I'd still race it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it brings to mind uh, Back to the Future where they had that transformer, they put garbage into the car and it right, ran on yeah. garbage. So yeah, I love that. Well, let's go back and uh, have you share a story that instigated your passion for cars. You kind of touched on this with your dad being into the whole hot rod scene and car scene and you sitting on the floor and handing him wrenches. I can see that so clearly. So cool. Is there a pivotal moment in your life, though, when you knew, oh, man, I'm a car guy? Well, you know, it probably was um, the first time I snuck a car out in the middle of the night. My parents Uh-oh. didn't know, and a buddy and I went driving around. And, I mean, that's it. That's probably how it starts for most people, you know. Uh, I was always into mechanical stuff, always working with tools and things like that. You know, my very first job when I was 16, I, I got a job doing car alarms and stereos, and it just kind of went from there. That helped put me through college, and I eventually worked my way through University of California, San Diego, and got an engineering degree, computer engineering degree. But always was wrenching on cars and having fun in cars and just kind of always affiliated with car shops. Uh, UCSD, so we're alumni buddies. I went to school there. My wife got an engineering degree there, so uh, that was a great campus. I was visiting that school when my son decided to go to college. 
couldn't believe how huge that place had gotten. I mean, it's, yeah. just, it's like a city down there right now. So great university. Well, let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. Now, you've been an entrepreneur most of your life. You've been in manufacturing. You've got this business now. You've done a lot of different things. No doubt you've come up against some challenges and maybe even a failure or two. These are great learning lessons for us. So walk us through one of yours so we can share that experience and tell us how that helped you gain even more momentum to move forward. Oh, gosh. You know, I think our battles are small. They're little ones, you know, fought and either won or lost every day. Uh, lots of little engineering challenges. And they, you know, really go into specifics of trying to do certain things with cars. You know, like, let's take any of our cars. Like, we did an electric Ferrari a while back. And we were the first guys known that we know in the world to convert a Ferrari. And, of course, we weren't going to do some podunk system. So we put uh, three electric motors in it. And just the challenges involved, because you can't... Uh, there's not a lot of pre-existing kind of engineering out there for tying <laughs> yeah. uh, three motors together, changing them from transverse to longitudinal. We had to change out the transmission because it's cast into the uh, Ferrari's engine block, and we ended mm-hmm. up using a, a G50 from the Porsche, and we you know, converted the long nose to like a short nose, and we flipped it and had to do a lot of stuff to get it to oh run in a mid-engine gosh. configuration. Right, and so just that one project alone, you have these little challenges, and each one that you solve, you get to go home at the end of the day, you know, with a smile on your face and feel like you accomplished something. And so that's really what it is. And I'm sure, you know, your listeners know that feeling of having an engineering problem in front of you, trying to get something to work, you know, uh, somebody's product and somebody else's car. And when you do it, that feeling is just fantastic. Oh, yeah. Well, what comes to mind is the simplicity of working with computers every day, all of us. And when you have a computer problem, you're so frustrated. And when you finally figure out what you have to do to make it work, it's like this little victory. And you feel like, yay! But, right, right. But let us know, on that Ferrari, now you gave a little hint. You said mid-engine versus front-engine. What kind of Ferrari, what model was that? So that was a 1978 308 GTS. I was going to yeah. say, yeah. I'll bet you it's a 308, yeah. Yeah, it's a 308. We had to do the classic Magnum, you know, Ferrari. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it actually started with a, a longtime friend of mine. We were out one night talking, and I mentioned you can pick up a 308 now for less than $10,000. And he said, that's, you know, a BS. And if you find one for less than 10, I'll buy it right now. Uh, three days later, I found one on Copart burned to the ground for 9500 bucks, And that starts the story. <laughs> So, you know, we, we picked that thing up and I think all delivered and stuff. I, I think we were in at about 13 grand. And once we took the engine out and all the parts of the combustion, we sold those off for about 18 grand. And we basically Dang. made $5,000 and had a, a chassis that was really, you know, honestly headed uh, for the chipper. I mean, it had yeah. quite a bit of fire damage and stuff. And we went through and spent a lot of time getting the body and frame all straightened up and, you know, pulled the electrical out and redid it. And we had ourselves a nice rolling, straight, clean chassis. Whoa, how cool is that? Well, and I've seen some great cars that you guys have done, everything from old Porsches to VW things to bugs and buses and all sorts of cool things. So this technology can apply to a lot of different vehicles. I think that's what's so cool. And the fact that you sell these kits where people can take them and build them themselves at home is even more spectacular. So I love that. Well, let's talk about an aha moment in your career. I like to say it's a time when those headlights come on and kind of illuminate a new path for you, a new pivot. Tell us about one of yours. Uh, You know, there's several. Um, One I could probably share. We were lucky enough back in 2013 to race uh, in the Mexican 1000, which is put on by Nora as the organizing uh, party. And we built a, a modified Class 10 
a buggy, did a twin motor setup, and we wanted to be the first guys to run the Mexican 1000 on all electric. And we went down there, and, and we, you know, we did all our calculations. We ran the race. Uh, we had a terrible time getting the charge back into the vehicle. Um, we just spent all our time just trying to keep the thing topped off and charged. We started some stages late, got some time penalties, and ultimately ended up uh, 26. But we finished the whole race, and to us, that was an absolute huge success because we were the first guys to ever run a sanctioned Baja event on all electric power, and, and we won first time out. Um, but the aha moment was uh, you can't charge vehicles in Mexico. You just can't do it. You're out in the middle of the <laughs> desert. And we've been wanting to return to, the, to Mexico to do the Baja 1000, which is known as the longest continuous race in the world because mm-hmm. um, it's not a stage race. It's you know, straight through. Most guys clock a time somewhere between 25 and 35 hours. That was probably one of our aha moments, like, hey, wait a minute, what if we brought all the batteries to Mexico fully charged? You know, that started uh, two years of planning, and this fall we're going to run the Baja 1000 on a bunch of pre-charged Tesla battery packs that we're going to breadcrumb along the trail and and pit with the regular guys and swap out our spent packs for new ones and uh, hopefully set a record and hopefully be the first guys to finish the Baja 1000 on all electric. How cool is that? Well, gosh, we'll be rooting for you. That is absolutely spectacular. (laughs) I I love this. This is, yeah, really, really cool. Well, let's talk about... Your first really special car. Go back in time, that first car that you got that really had great meaning for you, and maybe share a memory you have about that vehicle. Well, I think everybody's, every car guy's first car is their favorite car (laughs) by default, (laughs) you know. Uh, So I started in 1973 Mercury Capri, the German made one, 2.6 liter V6. And, you know, I did all the normal stuff as a kid, you know, put headers on it, Weber carbs, ignition system, and you just kind of take it as far as you can. And that's about where I went. And then, you know, once I decided I'd rather go to to college and just learn a little bit more, uh, I had to kind of set that aside and get a Honda Civic for a few years just to get myself to college sure. back reliably. Yeah. And yeah. then after that, just got back into it. And I mean, now I, I think the other day I counted 22 cars uh, that I have registered because I just, you know, like like most car guys, just a junkie, you know, you know, get a Volkswagen. Oh, I love this Volkswagen. You know, two years later, hey, I got five Volkswagens. What's going on here? Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, you got the disease. That's for sure. Very cool. Well, how about a seller's remorse story? Maybe you're a guy that never sells anything and you don't have one, but is is there a seller's remorse story? No, I don't think so. I did sell one of my first Volkswagens I ever owned to um, one of your previous guests, David Bernardo over at Zelectric. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, and then it's come back, cleaned up as an electric and stuff like that. So I, I'm kind of one of those guys, once I let go of something, I like to see it live a better life, you know. And uh, <laughs> David uh, treats his cars much better than I do. I'm more of a daily driver. I like patina and rust and dents and things like that. And I'll never forget the day I, I took, uh, we do a race every year up at Lagoon. Unaseka called Refuel Races. It's done through Speed Ventures. Great outfit. Thanks, guys, for putting it on. But they do an electric race for us every year. And a couple of years ago, before I sold the Beetle to David, I took it up there and I was racing it. And he's just like, man, you're just going to chip the paint and dig oh, it up. Yeah. And, and, you know, of course, that's what I did, chip the paint and ding it up, because that's what yeah. you do on a race course. But to me, the cars are meant to be driven. I'm not, yeah. I, I don't think I've ever waxed a car in my life, you know. Oh, oh my I gosh. Buy, <laughs> I take that back. I've waxed cars. But every car in my collection now is pretty much a classic. I try to focus on stuff with original paint and just, you uh-huh. know, as least modified as possible until we get a hold of them. And we, and we don't do much. You know, we put a powerful drivetrain in there, usually something between 100 and 300 foot-pounds of torque. 
mm-hmm. and uh, and just drive them, put miles on them. You know, my, well, my daily driver right now is a 1965 double cab Volkswagen pickup. Oh, and cool. the last two years in a row, I've done over 13,000 miles a year. So, Oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, right. You know who comes to mind who you get along well with is Magnus Walker. He is known for the saying, dirt don't slow you down. Right. And I always, when I talk with Magnus, I always tease him, and I think you're my new buddy, I'll tease too. I'm kind of a David Bernardo guy. I'm a anal retentive nutcase when it comes to my cars being perfect. I love driving them. And that's why when I started vintage racing, it was so hard for me because it's like, ah, how can I keep this thing spotless and still race it? And, and I figured out a way to do it. I met a guy and we lost him just recently, Tom Armstrong, who was a wonderful man up here. He was a vintage racer and he was like me. And he goes, Mark, you can race and have clean cars, too. You just have to work a little extra hard. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I guess that's what happens when you come from the car care world, right? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I did come from that world, that's for sure. Yeah, so I kind yeah. of feel obligated. Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. I'd love for you to share a little more with our listeners about your entire business, how everything works, all the different things that you guys do there. What has you excited and fired up this year with EV West? Several things. There's always uh, several irons in the fire. You know, we're we're aggressively working towards a drop-in Tesla kit for our Porsche air-cooled customers, where we have a kit that's going to make it much easier for other shops out there and, and uh, more technical DIY guys uh, to actually transplant a Tesla drivetrain into their air-cooled Porsche. Nice. That's fantastic. Now we're talking something where you go out in your 70, mid-70s air-cooled Porsche, and you're going to be able to do tens at a quarter mile. Yeah. Um, and that's just uh, something fun, you know. Oh, yeah. And again, yeah. we're we're working on something that just bolts right into the normal engine mounts, normal gas tank mounts up front for the battery enclosure, stuff like that. So those are the long-term projects that I'm really excited about. Right now in the short term, we have, uh, we're going to be racing at Laguna Seca coming up here in July with the refuel races again. And then later in the year, we're going to be doing the Baja 1000. So those are things that are really driving the projects on the table right now. Yeah, very cool. And again, remind our listeners, how can they... Go and find your website and learn more about all the things that you have there. Oh, sure. Thanks. Uh, EVWest.com, Electric Vehicles West. And, you know, we have some other stuff out there. We were lucky enough to be some guests on some programs. We did a Maserati bi-turbo conversion for the folks over at Wheeler Dealers and Top Gear America uh, has highlighted uh, not only my daily driver pickup, but the Ferrari 308. And they were nice enough to honor our request to bring a period correct car out uh, to race us. And we did. We went out to uh, Speed Vegas and raced those guys out there. And uh, our electric 308 posted a 114, and the gas one posted like a 124 or something like 10 <laughs> seconds up on, on a one-minute lap. You know, it wasn't even wasn't even close, you know. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. It's always fun to do that and, and to look at a car that literally earlier in the year was, was going to head for the chipper. Oh, I know. Well, I'm glad you saved. It goes back to that original talk about saving the cars. I think it's fantastic. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Michael. If you think about yourself as a car, manifested into a car, what kind of car would Michael be and why? <laughs> Probably the one I daily drive. I, the crew cab pickup truck, it's a little bit of everything. It's extremely functional. Most people don't know this about the uh, post-60, the 63 to 67 Volkswagens uh, were 1,000 kilogram rated. So it's, it's literally a one-ton 
pickup truck, five seats so I can haul my family around and it's got the bed so I can put, you know, engines and motors, battery packs, things like that, and actually do work stuff in the truck too. On top of that, it's got a Tesla battery so I can do, you know, 200 or so miles on it on a charge. And so we'll, you know, road trip out to some of the Volkswagen events like uh, the one at Lake Havasu out there in Arizona, stuff like that. So we stay pretty active in the show community. Nice. I love it. Well, Michael, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah! sponsors. Hey, this is Mark Green. You know, I've been using Covercraft covers to protect my cars and motorcycles since I was in high school. That was way back in 1975. This month, I'm offering you, as a Cars Yeah! listener, a very special deal. Starting April 16th, 2018 through April 30th, 2018, you'll receive 10% off all NOAA Fabric custom car covers and 10% off all Wolf ready-fit semi-custom covers. Simply use the code CARSYAP on checkout at Covercraft.com. NOAA is the most popular outdoor fabric specially made by Kimberly Clark to protect your special vehicle. It provides maximum protection from the harmful UV rays of the sun, Rain, dust, those nasty bird droppings, snow, dings, and it's breathable, and it's very soft on your paint. Wolf ready-fit semi-custom covers are an economical option and provide indoor and outdoor protection for your special car. Simply go to Covercraft.com and order the style and color you like best, and boom, you're set. You'll thank me later, and your car will thank me too. That's Covercraft.com, and be sure to use the code CARSYEAH at checkout. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. All right, Michael, well, we're entering the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers, which is kind of a weird thing to say for an electric car. Cause no, it's still a throttle. <laughs> still a throttle, I know. It's not a gas yeah. pedal, but it is a throttle. <laughs> it is a throttle. Oh, there you go. Well, I, had the, I had the terminology right. Thank goodness. Yeah, I yeah. didn't want to sound like a, a, a stooge here. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Uh, don't lift. <laughs> yes, I like that. Most definitely. <laughs> we have it on a sticker <laughs> on our race car right there at the gauge. Don't lift. <laughs> Don't lift. Absolutely. Pedal to the metal. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Attention to detail and organization. Yeah. You know, most wouldn't uh, believe me by the look of my work desk. <laughs> but uh, stuff, these bigger projects, you know, when we did Pikes Peak, the Baja, stuff like that, what really is uh, insurance policy for success is just being well organized and always having contingency plans. Even if yeah. you're 100% convinced the part's not going to fail, 
have a plan for what to do if that part fails. Yep. You know, I heard this from many racers, and I've had hundreds on the show here, is most races are won before you even get to the track. So Yeah, yeah we call it in the pits. You win it in the pits, you know. Yeah, so. exactly. Now, how about resources? Is there a great resource you could share with our listeners out there? You know, I think everyone knows we, we buy a lot of our electric cars off of the insurance auctions. You know, they're a fun resource. Uh, IAI, uh, Copart, all those guys out there selling uh, salvage title cars. And there's kind of been a lot of fun projects coming out of this stuff lately. I know with the flood cars and the diesel gate cars, a lot of guys are doing fun projects. I mean, there's been uh, the Domino's Pizza guy lately that just did that thing and uh, got his car off of Copart. So we, we like looking at some of that stuff. You know, basically, it's at its end of its financial cycle for all the companies involved and they're just saying this is trash and to me there's nothing better than taking a car that someone deemed you know unusable anymore and turning it into something really cool there you go they're saving cars again even even if you're even if you're just pulling out you know just the motor out of a tesla or just the battery and putting it in an old baja bug or something like that uh that is that's it it doesn't get much better than that taking something old with a lot of roots and a lot of soul and taking something very advanced and technological that no longer has a useful life in its current chassis and transplanting yeah. that, you know, right, and, love and we were lucky enough to go through a period to be alive when these cars that, you know, all steel dashes and all this stuff. And I drive around in my truck, you know, and I wonder, is this thing going to be on the road in 2065? Is this going to be a drivable hundred year old car? And, and right. I think absolutely it will be. Now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? Senna, Ayrton Senna. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just, just because, you know, alive, I'd, I'd love to sit down with Alonzo. I think he's gotten a raw deal. Yeah, yeah. I think he's just a stand-up man for just, you know, showing just absolute honest, true character through it all. You know, the guy's put up yeah. a lot of stuff for sure. uh, as amazing of a driver as he is. Yeah, Ayrton Senna is a special one in my life as well. I, In fact, I like, I have his quote on my business card. Uh, one of his quotes I love the best, which is, the past is just data. I only see the future. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I really, really admire the passion that guy brought to his his career. It's incredible. You know, there's a little known kind of obscure video out there on YouTube with Ayrton Senna uh, on one of his trips to Japan, and they're karting, they're race karting at a track, and uh, they, they they make this bet, you know, kind of a friendly bet against the karting champion in in Japan, and you get you get to see some some interaction and just some kind of different a different side to Ayrton Senna, and I love stuff like that. I love some of the older, just kind of more obscure stuff. I love reading old books about F1, you know, biographies and stuff like. Well, uh, I'll ask you to uh, send me... Yeah, I'll ask you to send me a link to that. We'll put it on your show notes page here on the Cars Yeah website uh, so people can find that. I I don't think I've seen that one. I've seen one where he was driving the new NSX when it came out way back when. Oh, right. The the, the footwork that he was doing in that car. But... uh, (laughs) Uh, yeah, send me a link to that, and I'll put it on your show notes. So oh, yeah, fantastic. You can tell his roots are in karting, for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, he loved that. Now, how about a book? Is there a book that you've enjoyed you think our listeners should read? Uh, the Limit. The Limit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I'm sure that's been referenced before, but that's that's got to be one of my favorite books, I think. Just absolutely fantastic. And, you know, I really, uh, believe it or not, really enjoyed Ben Collins' book, The Man in the White Suit. Um, oh, okay. Really love that one. You know, I'm not a rabbit top gear fan or anything like that, but you know, here's a situation where you got a guy who's no longer on the show. He had every reason in the world to just dump on the show and he told it how it was. And it's just, it really actually makes you respect the show a little bit more. Yeah, now, the, the book, The Limit, are you talking about the book? I think of the subtitles, Life and Death on the, the yeah. 60, 60, 61 Grand Prix circuit. 
Yeah, yeah. Book yep. by Michael Cannell. Yeah, that's a great yeah, book. Uh, right, it most definitely right. should be on every enthusiast shelf. And I remind our listeners, you can find all these great links on Michael's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Michael Bream, B-R-E-A-M, and you'll find that page there with all these cool links. All right, Michael, we're up to the checkered flag on this last question. It can be a bit of a doozy for a guy that has a lot of cars like you. I'm going to make you get rid of all your collector cars. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry. You can you can only have one in the garage, let's just say for today. But the, here's the cool part of this. I'm buying it for you. So don't worry about the cost. That's out of the out of the equation here. Any car you want to have, but you got to drive it, which isn't a problem for you. You're a driver and I want you to enjoy it. And you can't sell it to buy back all your cars with. So that little trick's off the table. So uh, what's it going to be? Oh, now, Mark, I didn't know you were going to save the easiest question for last. It, oh. it'd, be McLaren, it'd be a McLaren F1. I mean, oh my on. gosh. If you're, if, you, if you're buying it, it's a McLaren F1. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, you picked a, a pretty darn special car. And I'll tell you, back when those cars were being built originally, I got to visit the fact. Wow. And I, I was doing a deal with importing Facom tools, and they were the tool suppliers. So they got me in there. And it was an amazing experience. And Beyond how special those cars are anyway, having seen what went into them and the surgical type mm-hmm. procedures of putting these cars together by hand, oh my gosh, yeah, you picked a pretty yeah. darn special car. And uh, of course, you broke the bank, but uh, that's okay. <laughs> well, that's okay. You told me to. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. Now, now, what color would you like that F1 to be? Uh, I think it'd have to be black. I'm not a big black guy, but it just seems like that's kind of the iconic color for the, um, for the F1. And you don't see too many in black. You see a lot of silvers. Yeah, and, a lot of uh, silver, right. Yeah. yeah, but black, yeah. I'm trying to think if I've ever seen one in person in black. What a special car. Very nice. I mean, if, if you're going to handle the car carry, right, if this is a dream yeah. scenario. Oh, you're yeah, I'll, in, I'll keep it clean. Gonna, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I'll come so. down and wax it for you from time to time to get a little <laughs> sunshine, some vitamin D. But, uh, oh, yeah, what a special car. I, I've never had the pleasure. I got to ride in one once, but I've never driven one. I I, I hope someday somebody nice bosses me some keys. But uh, You know, uh, I kind of look at it like the whole baseball thing. You know, before there was these performance-enhancing drugs, you know, you kind of had this group of dudes that were just real stand-up ball players, right? Yeah, and then yeah. all the performance-enhancing drugs came in. To me, that's traction control. And yeah. so the F1 is like the best ball player before the performance enhancing drugs, right? There you go. Now, I mean, obviously, all the modern cars are going to outperform a, a F1, just no yeah. problem, especially with the electronics, uh, traction control, things like that, active right. suspension. It's not even close, but for something that didn't have any of those assists, you yeah. know, what a car. Well, and that's why I kind of like the 07 uh, Ford GT, you know, no traction mm-hmm. control. I mean, yeah, just kind thing, of a, right? a, a very raw. raw car, raw car. Yeah, you got to know how to drive to drive that car well. Very nicely done. Well, Michael, you've taken me on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with Cars Yeah! audience. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off up the coast highway in that McLaren F1? Yeah, right. Well, you know, Mark, we'd love to have you by the shop. We got uh, our Tesla-powered M3 race car in here that went up Pikes Peak. We can take you for a drive in that. It's street legal. That's the neat thing about the electrics. Um, But I think in the big picture without getting into kind of politics and all that, electrification is going to take over, I think, a lot quicker than most people realize. And our shop is, the charging anyways of the cars is off-grid. We're not even attached to the grid. We do all of our electrical generation through solar, and we charge the cars on solar. So when we're racing and doing all these events, we're actually running on 
solar power. You know, there's, I know there's a faction of people out there that think that we're kind of taken away from racing, but in the long run, you look at a lot of these events, rally cross and a lot of these things that are turning to electric to actually solve problems they had with, you know, noise abatement and, you know, kind of trying to get more of these uh, events in urban centers and things like that. Like Formula E is kind of an example of that. And I think in the long run, the tables are going to turn a little bit to the point where electrification actually saves auto sports because you don't have uh, this heavy toll on the environment. You don't have all these things. If you can kind of clean up the act, uh, then there's no points to be critical about. And right. in the long run, I think that's really going to help. You look at, especially the, the the factory interests, you know, Audi, Porsche, all these guys pulling out of endurance racing just to put their efforts into Formula E. And that tells you what their mindset is and oh, yeah. where they're heading years and years and years down the road. And uh, some people might be upset with those decisions, but I think smart car guys look at them as a telling sign of where they're going. You know, you put that all very nicely, very respectfully, and very clearly. And I love, I love everything that you just said. I love the fact that you guys are operating off the grid. I think that's pretty cool too. So uh, you're on the cusp of something very, very cool here. And what's the best way for our listeners again to reach out and learn more about you? Uh, well, you know, our website, evwest.com, we have a lot of links on the website to learn a little bit more about electric cars. And then, you know, social media is fantastic as well. We've got some upcoming stuff. We have a discovery show airing uh, June 15th. We're going to be doing something called Velocity Dispatch, where we uh, show the viewers we're going to convert a 1957 356 Speedster. So that'll be pretty fun. Got an upcoming episode with uh, Jay Leno's Garage. I'm not quite sure when that's going to go go live, but that's coming down the pike too. And so those, you know, that will give you a chance to see the shop. Jay's coming down to the shop and and uh, you'll get a little bit of a shop tour there and stuff so very very cool well listeners again you can find all these links on michael's show notes page on the cars yeah website just type michael bream into the search bar and that page will pop up check out what michael's doing i mean this is this is where things are going whether you like it or not but i think once you embrace this concept you're gonna love it and it's very cool next time i'm down in southern california which will be very soon i'm gonna go visit michael and check out his shop. So follow me on social media and I'll do some posts there. Michael, thanks for being so generous on with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. Much appreciated. You're welcome. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.